Welcome to the Working Hands Podcast. I'm your host, Tony of Woodland Iron, joined by Keith of Blackthorn Concepts, Chad of Chad's Custom Creations, and Austin of Catskill Mountain Maker Camp. What's going on, boys? Hi. Howdy, howdy. It's gone. So Austin is from the Maker Camp that you hear us talk about all the time. Catskill Mountain Maker Catskill Camp. Catskill Mountain Maker Camp. Yep. Um, my family, uh, we, we own the Blackthorn Resort in East Durham, and we do uh, we do the event there. Uh, this is our fourth year doing it now, going into 2022. You're also bringing on some new activities this year, which you did yes. some last year. Yep. So um, I'm keeping I'm keeping uh, all the old activities. I'm still doing, uh, I've got two hammer-ins, uh, one in February, one in, I believe, June. I have, oh no, uh, in May, I have, um, we're doing another uh, timber in, uh, which was where we uh, prepped all the all the beams and uh, mortise and tenons for the timber frame structure we built at Maker Camp. Um, this year, we're going to be building a bridge, so that'll be, that'll be pretty cool. And uh, we're doing something new this year, calling it the Group Forge Project. Uh, same kind of, same nature as the, uh, the timber frame, but instead of like a timber frame project, we're going to build a fully forged uh, six-foot uh, diameter fire pit, fire pit to uh, keep at the Blackthorn and that, use during all the maker events. That's going to so, be uh, awesome. Yeah, nice. that's, that's uh, Chris Cash from uh, Mount Phillips Metalworks uh, is going to be heading that up. Uh, so it's going to be a lot of sculptural components on it, all riveted together to make one uh, one awesome piece. And that's in March, correct? Yep. March 11th through the 13th. And then I have one more event that I'm still I'm still ironing out some details that I haven't I haven't talked to anybody about yet. But uh, I'll be announcing that hopefully sometime this coming week. That's pretty wild. Nice. Yep, gonna be a good year. I hope so. It's gonna be fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. Thinking about this right now is Austin. If it wasn't for you starting the Maker Camp back in 2019, this podcast actually wouldn't even exist because this is where I met these two guys. Oh, really? <clears throat> was was at the first Maker Camp, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. These are the first two makers I met outside of, uh, in person, outside of any inner circle I already had before I got on Instagram. All right. That we're making. Yeah, it's crazy and to think you, how. You came, you came to some of the first hammer-ins too, right, Keith? I feel like I remember yes. you at, at least one yep. of them. Yep. 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 Good times. I'll be oh, back yeah. again to these ones too. Cool. I don't know if I'll make the group forge one. I don't know. Yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be a cool one, but that's all right. We're we, uh, we're gonna be doing a cutoff on those, so I'm, I, I can only have like I think I think we're doing the cutoff at twenty people for the group forge, just so that everybody that has sense. enough stuff to do. Yeah. yeah. But the hammer ends is a is a free for all. Whoever wants to come, will be hammering until the wee hours. That's what I heard. There's gonna be cutoff in the group forge. I'm not a blacksmith, so I definitely don't want to be a part of any of that everybody's a blacksmith at maker camp <laughs> yeah at maker camp <laughs> yeah haven't you seen the lineups <laughs> yeah right i got some woodworkers yeah, hope- too yeah i'm hoping to get to uh to one of them my uh my schedule just got blew- blown up today my the nationals i'm trying to get to uh got postponed till may so February, March looks a little more open than it had been, so I might make it down. I'm going to try anyways. Solid. Yeah, it's going to be a good time, yeah. Rhonda. Uh, I'm starting to, starting to get some cooler equipment to use, too. We're, uh, we're going to be getting a 16-ton coal ironworks press to use at the events. Uh, I've got another belt grinder from our friends over at Broadback Ironworks. Uh, gonna be, so we'll have, a, we'll have two top-of-the-line belt grinders to use at the events. I'm working on a couple other things, too, but 
starting to starting to build up the arsenal of uh cool things we can make that was fun it's amazing how fast this is growing what's that chen it's really cool to hear that they're getting equipment like that i guess i don't need to pack my harbor freight one by 30 no No. probably okay (laughs) yeah i think we're all better off chad if you leave that at home yeah and those things come in handy for some things though a little lower power to you you never know when when they come in handy (laughs) Yeah, look at there we go. We got some love for the Harbor Freight special. He's <laughs> just yeah. being nice, Chad. <laughs> oh no, my family swears by Harbor Freight because we we uh obviously we have a, a bunch of people that work for us that don't care about the tools that we have, so it doesn't make sense yeah. to buy uh top of the line. So we just buy some Harbor Freight stuff and use it and abuse it, and then buy new, and it works great. That stuff lasts. I I own some Harbor Freight tools. I'm not a tool snob, but. Uh, there's some things that you got to like you got to get a decent brand but a lot of tools that you, yeah. you don't use them often enough you know yeah. if you harbor can Freight's wear out a harbor freight if you buy and wear out a harbor freight and know that you need to buy a better tool then you probably made a good investment buying the harbor freight you know yep <laughs> just to make sure because there's a lot of tools you could buy a harbor freight that you just don't wear out and mm-hmm. i've heard some good things about their welders even i'm interested in getting uh, one the newer of their welders. welders yeah yeah the newer yeah. ones are nice i hear I have an old one and it hasn't broken yet. I'm still there using the same flux core wire on it. <laughs> <laughs> I use their grinders only because they're 19 bucks and I, I, I don't have to change out my mm-hmm. grinding. The, the best grinder I ever got was a, a Harbor Freight grinder. I bought at an estate sale. It was like $2 and 50 cents in a bin. I, I've been using it for the past five years. It's great. You know, can't beat it. Nice. That's impressive. So you do a lot of blacksmithing <laughs> on your own, right? Yep. Yeah, that's kind of how I got into the idea of Maker Camp. Uh, but we talked about yeah. origin stories. We're not doing that. No, that's fine. <laughs> so we could definitely talk about the origin story of Maker Camp itself. But what was like? Where did Maker Camp from? Like, did you have that idea in your head for a while, and then it? Yeah. So uh, I had the the idea came to me actually. Um, I was I had a I had like a walk-in closet in my college apartment and I was doing homework one day and I was uh I was procrastinating and thinking of non-homework things and the idea kind of came to me uh I was I remember I was I was following uh Liam Hoffman and uh Jesse Savage Blacksmith and um I I, I thought to myself I'd, I'd love to be able to meet these guys but like with with the family business and stuff travel we we don't, we don't really go too far you know uh so I thought well if I could bring these cool people to me I bet I could make a really fun event around it and uh kind of just went from there. I met Jim and uh, he told me who to get in touch with, told me all the right people. And yeah, now we're in year four. That's awesome. I, I had, I wanted to ask when I found out that you were coming on the show, I have many questions for you, but the main question is what, what has it been like growing up being part of the Blackthorn resort? (laughs) (laughs) Because that's a, lo- for, that's for a people, loaded question, my friend. <laughs> for people who have not been there or seen it, it is unlike any other place in the entire world. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's been it's been interesting. You know, I, de- I definitely ha- I, had, I had a very good childhood. Um, didn't have an easy childhood. We, we, me and my siblings, we you know we were constantly working. Whenever anybody who is in a family business as a kid knows, uh, you're you're working seven days a week right alongside your parents. Um, but it, it's it was good. I mean, I met I met a lot of really incredible people. Got to experience a lot of things that other people haven't haven't gotten to experience. You know, uh, it, it's been cool. It's uh, and it's been something that like 
it, it, it's a future that like I've, I've known since I was a kid, like that was, that's what I'm going to do next. Like I'm going to, I'm going to run the resort. So it's, it's been a, yeah. it's been a nice path and it's been, it's been an interesting one for sure. Absolutely. Very cool. Next question. What is the background on that giant robot? So, <laughs> so, um, I don't know. The, I don't know too much many details about who built it. I know it was like a famous steampunk builder. Uh, there was this event called the Steampunk World's Fair a, a oh, while wow. back. It was like this huge steampunk event, and I'm pretty sure this guy built it for that. But um, the people he made was it that, for what was that? Was that at your resort? No, no. This was uh, no, okay. in Piscataway, New Jersey. I think it was, and uh, okay. it was a, it was a huge event, like way bigger than Maker Camp is. But um, this guy made this robot for these people, but the people didn't have the means to like put it together, take it apart and store it and all that. So they, they had to get rid of it. And um, Blackthorn's kind of like the Bermuda triangle for oddities <laughs> like that. Like uh, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it just kind of showed up there. So we, uh, we put up a building and we put it up and now we have a giant wooden robot. I love it. That's awesome. It is yep. cool looking. Yeah, it's one of, one of the new of, things. There's a lot of fun oddities there. Oh yeah. Most, most of them are our people there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Our locals. Yeah. It's a trip and a half up there. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't have it any other way. So now that you're here, I, I want to publicly have this conversation, me and you in front of other people. But my Blackthorn Concepts has no relation to the Blackthorn Resort. Correct. Zero. Whatsoever. Correct. So where oh. does the Blackthorn with an E come from for your resort? So... um my 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 uh, grandfather, my father, my my uncle were a bunch of Germans, and uh, we bought a resort in an Irish town, and uh, we could we couldn't call it Handles, so we <laughs> we we, we, went, we went with Blackthorn, you know. Um, I don't I don't know exactly. I'm pretty sure my grandmother had something to do. She my grandmother was the creative uh, essence of the family, so she probably had some kind of uh, meaning why she picked Blackthorn. But it was we were just trying to uh, <laughs> trying to fit into the the uh, Irish scenery. That's that really works. smart marketing, honestly. Uh, I mean, we talk a lot about like uh, social media and business and that kind of talk all the time. But I mean, thinking back when your resort was started, your family had the foresight to know, hey, this is our new audience. Mm-hmm. Let's pick a name that goes along with the audience that we now have. That's really yeah. smart. Yeah, they were uh, they were resourceful people. We, they started off as a, a horseback riding ranch. Uh, my grandfather bought it in, in the 50s. And um, through word of mouth, we heard that the black, it was called the Mullins at the time, Blackthorn. Uh, we heard that it was going up for sale, and my uncle, uh, my uncle found out how much they were asking, and they, my grandparents made it happen. And next thing you know, we're running a resort. That's been awesome. A, been an experience since. So to give you an idea where I got my name, my last name means Blackthorn in Irish. Okay, so that's what, where I use Blackthorn as my moniker on the internet. I've used it for many years. You nice, know, twenty years or so. so. No, either. No, e, I spelled correctly. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> well, if you look at half of our signs, there's no e, so we got we got it right like fifty percent of the time. I did notice a few when I was up there this time, and I wanted to take photos, but I was busy. So. Yeah, was was the missing e's on purpose, or is this from like the the biker weekends where it gets a little rowdy? No, it's negligence. <laughs> yeah, negligence. That's it. I'm not in charge of the signs though. Soon, someday. So, you, Chad, you mentioned the Biker Weekend, but what other events do you have there? Like, I know there's the Bike Week, and I think you have some other music 
like yes. concerts and so, things um, like that? We, uh, our biggest one is uh, the Motorcycle Festival. That's uh, We have like 10,000 people throughout the weekend for that. Um, we do uh, – it's called the Rat's Nest Running. It's like a rat rod festival, a rat rod car show. Oh, if you cool. guys know about rat rods, that, oh, yeah. one, that one's pretty big. Um, we just, what uh, weekend is that? Year, do you know? It's in August. I forget the exact weekend. I, I want to say it's the second to last weekend in August, but I could be wrong. I'm making a mental note. Maybe I'll that, that's a really fun event. Um, it's a uh, it's all it's all revolves around the the antique cars and like rockabilly music. So there's all kinds of rockabilly bands and people dressed up like pin up in fifties and stuff. Like it, it, it's a it's a pretty interesting time. That's right up my alley. Yep. And then uh, <laughs> this past year we did uh, the first time called the Catskill Mountain Jubilee, which was a uh, kind of like a Woodstock esque kind of a kind of a concert. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Dark Star Orchestra. Um, I think so. I'd never heard of them, but apparently they they, they were huge. Like, but they I'm brought have in to uh, look them up after this. But yeah, it, it's all like a Grateful Dead esque kind of music, but a uh, huge crowd of people, really nice people. Um, we do a metal detecting weekend, jam, all kinds of reunions. There were, every year, there's there's something new, you know. What's your favorite event other than Maker, Maker Camp? Camp. Camp. Oh, okay, other than Maker Camp, Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> See where this is gonna go. My third. Do I know what my third favorite one is? Yeah, the Timberin. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the All fourth the one, which hasn't ones. happened yet, is the Group Forge project. No, I'd actually go with Fourth of July. God bless America. Okay. All right. That's a fun weekend. Yeah, I'm sure you noticed all the golf carts and uh, campers around uh, at Blackthorn, right? Yeah. So yes. Fourth of July weekend, it kind of revolves around our campsite. Uh, so we do a huge golf cart parade uh, through the town. There's like 300 golf carts. People uh, dress them up like floats, and we do a we do a contest, uh, frog cast- catching contest for the kids, big pool party, just a really fun time. So if you guys are ever uh, so, looking for something to do for Fourth of July, come to the Blackthorn. That's awesome. Maybe. I love how quirky all this is. <laughs> I, like I where I live, we don't have anything cool like this. <laughs> I heard there may be a, 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 another golf cart race on 4th of July weekend. Oh, yeah, uh, Jim. Yep, uh, Jim does his go-kart race. Go-kart, um, go-kart, go-kart. Yeah, sorry. Yep. I'm, I'm my family's old go-kart track, actually. That was... Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I haven't Very actually... Cool. It's always so busy at the resort that I've never actually made it to Jim's for the go-kart race. But this year, I, I told myself I'm going to get there. I want to go this year. I don't know if I will, yeah, but I be want cool. to. I'm really interested to see what he does with that whole property. It's going to be really neat. He's turning it into. Jeez, you might as well move up there. I, I want to. If Austin can find me a house, I'll move up there. The, they're up uh, here. They're up there. But even you didn't buy one. You're building one. Let's hear about this. Oh, so, uh, yep. Yeah, so, I, as I told you before, we used to have a horseback riding ranch. So, um, when I decided when I decided to help with the businesses, they signed. I got signed over uh, 15 acres. I've got uh, 15 acres of our old uh, horseback riding trails. So I got a little pond. Um, right now I am in the wiring phase. So I've got the, the whole structure built, the roof on, um, a couple inside walls I still need to frame, but uh, making progress. It's been, it's so been a say, long journey. So when you say you're building it, you're not just ordering things to be built. You're the one swinging the hammer. Correct. Well, for the for the framing, I wasn't quite for the framing and for the foundation. I wasn't quite comfortable enough to do it myself, so I hired somebody and I worked with them. So uh, right. I, I did. Um, have you ever seen like the ICF block foundations? Like the basically the big styrofoam Legos that you stack. Yeah, and then you pour I, I, with concrete. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we we did that, which which was easy enough. Um, 
just br- bracing it. it was it it was an experience um and then uh the framing yeah i did like, I've, I've done i've I framed like sheds and decks and stuff but framing my, my house i wanted somebody who was actually like a professional and knew what they were doing but i would yeah i, would I, I, I wasn't the i wasn't the brains yeah. but i did, did a lot of the uh a lot of the manual labor that's awesome though that's uh that's yeah it's been wild. it's been fun all the wood from it, for, well, uh, probably 75% of the wood from it came right off of uh, Blackthorn property from when we clear campsites and stuff. I've been getting the wood milled uh, right in town by my dad's friend for the past, like, five years getting ready for it. So it's, really? it's co- definitely cool seeing it, like, standing. It's, it's, an, it's a neat experience. So if you're milling up your own lumber, are you milling two-by-fours? Are you milling, like, is this, like, a... Like I did everything from, uh, yeah, yeah. It's all, uh, dimensional lumber. It's uh two by fours, uh, okay. two by two by tens. Yep. That's so exciting though. Yeah. That's it's so neat. It's, it's a lot What's of work, your, but yeah, I bet. What's your anticipated completion date? Um, about a year and a half ago. So you're right on schedule. You're right on schedule. Sounds yeah. Cool, yeah. I, I stopped, I stopped telling myself, uh, estimated completion date, <laughs> uh, this, this past year, just cause it's not, it, it's a, it's a slow, slow kind of a thing. I don't, I don't, my problem is I don't know what I don't know. So I normally have to do something and realize it's screwed up before I, I know what to actually do, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, something when else. When you build your next house, it'll go real smooth. Oh, I'm never doing this again. <laughs> <laughs> no, one time, one time was enough for me. Yeah. Is it at least your dream house? Well, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not really like, I, I could, I could live in a 12 by 12 shed if I really had to. I'm not really, uh, I, I, I don't need much. So it's definitely, it's, I, I, I built it with, uh, with the attention of like wife, wife and a kid. And then my, my plan is, uh, my mom's house is way too big for just her. So I'm probably going to give her the house that I built and then move into her house. If I, if I plan on expanding any further, you know, that's pretty wild. So you're an ambitious, amb- ambitious guy. Yeah, Austin, how old are you? 25. Wow, unreal. Building your unreal. own house and you're only 25 <laughs> years old. Uh, yeah, black blackthorn grows you up a little quicker than most. Uh, but it's been uh, I, I think it's, it grew up a little faster than I wanted to. But I, I'm gonna I'm gonna be ahead of the curve when uh, you know, when it's time. Absolutely. I think you're set up just fine for life, so I wouldn't worry about it. You're doing yeah. big things. Trying to. I want to ask, I'm sure you have all the insider information on East Durham. For the people who will be coming out to the next Maker Camp or any of the events, where is the best place in town to eat? Oh, yeah, that's a good question. So there are two places in town to eat. Two, okay. <laughs> 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 and they're both lovely. One is the Blackthorn. <laughs> All right, three places. I'm sorry. Well, okay. I've been to Angels. Yep, Angels. Angels is my personal favorite. Um, mm-hmm. I have like three things that I get there just on rotation, so I keep it keep it kind of mixed up. Well, let's hear it. What's the Austin uh, original? What do you get? I'll at normally Angels? start the week with a chicken parm wrap. Oh yeah. Um. Then uh, if I'm n- next day, I'd, I'd go with a, a meat lover's stromboli, and then uh, I'd probably close the week out with a personal sausage pizza. There it is. Yeah. There you have it, listeners. Get the, <laughs> the Austin scoop. special when you, when you come to East Durham. So you got to come for at least three meals and go to yeah try them out, or so just other... come to three different events. And uh... I will say the food at at the Blackthorn's pretty good. 
We do pride yeah. ourselves on, on like the it, food. Yep. Uh, our yeah, our chef Frankie's been with us for longer than I have. Actually, he's been uh, working with my family, so it's uh, very dedicated very to what he does, and yeah, does a good job. I don't know how you feed that many people as fast as you do either. Me either. I stay out of the kitchen. They get they get very heated in there. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine. Have you ever worked in a restaurant? Have I? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. When I when I was little, my parents kind of cycled me through every every part of the business for some period of time. So I worked in the kitchen and the dining room, doing dishes, you know, the whole kit and caboodle. What position do they have you in currently at this point? Are you considered like a manager of the property or? Yeah. So I'm. Yeah. I'm a, my main, uh, my main areas that, that I run are the, uh, the pool bar and pavilion areas. So in the summertime, that's kind of like the hub of all the daytime activity. So whenever we have events in the field, uh, that that's like where most of our, uh, our business is done. So I run that. I help my uncle, uh, run the bar, uh, the, the main bar, like underneath the dining hall. And then, uh, I, I do pretty much every, everything else that, that we got, we got to do. Uh, like, like today I, I was knocking down trees and cutting trees up for campsites we're building, uh, the other day, I'm, we're, we meet. We have to meet with building inspectors, and so it's kind of like an all-inclusive job. You know, every, kind of, there's not really anything we don't do. So I know why your house is a year and a half behind schedule. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> it makes sense. I, I know how that life can be. Yep. How many it's campsites amazing, do though. you guys have? Uh, I want to say around four hundred and thirty. 430 between our seasonal and uh, like temporary campsites. Wow. I guess I've never taken a walk back that way. I've always just stayed to the field. So <laughs> I didn't realize it was that much back there. Get a hold of me at Maker Camp and uh, we'll go for a, we'll go for a golf cart tour. They, they, there's, <laughs> that's it. That's, that's there's the a only lot. way to take a tour when you're there. Yep. Yeah. It's, yeah uh, I want that tour too. It, so. My dad started building them like maybe, maybe, I don't know, 20 years ago and they, they really caught on. We just, Kept on, kept on building, but uh, it's cool. The, the campsites t- kind of turned into a community of their own. It's very, very uh, tight knit group of people. They have like, they, they're always doing like uh, block parties and stuff, and holding events at the, the pool bar. It's, it's very like a uh, very communal. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a good, uh, good atmosphere. So that community, what is their take on the maker camp? They absolutely love it. They love it. A lot of them after after uh, the past Maker Camp came in and said it's their, their favorite event that, that we've had. Yeah, it was um, very very good reception to it. Even the the timber and I don't know were you at the timber in Keith? No, it's the one I missed. Ah, uh, were, were any, were any of you at I the timber in? No, no, a, we didn't make it either. Uh, so you so you guys didn't meet Greg. Greg is one of our uh, our regulars, and he's like he's just a very rough, gruff like <laughs> like he. I don't know how to describe Greg accurately, but uh, he's like wholeheartedly like gotten involved with the, with the maker. Like he's in he's in a bunch of the tim- uh, the timber frame videos of them putting the timber frame up. Like he was after the timber in, he was he could not wait until a maker camp to put that thing up. So like they've a, a lot of the campers have really taken well to it. I, I, I remember seeing a lot of them trying out blacksmithing and the pen turning, and it was uh, really cool to see. I I I'm upset with myself. One, I missed the timber in because I had something at my house that weekend. I had it get together here mm. but then at maker camp i missed the entire timber structure going together i didn't even go down to see it nothing the first time i saw it, it was already together yeah i didn't i didn't get to see it uh put up either so i was so upset with myself 
That's one of the bad the things about Maker Camp doing well is that like I have so much less time to actually see all the cool things I got I got to come to the resort now. I remember I was uh I was just pulling up as they finished yeah. as they finished getting up. I looked at Justin, he was like like <laughs> we had to do it. <laughs> but it was uh that that timber that timber frame like I'm actually working on uh working on putting a roof on the timber frame now. We're going to we're going to get like a synthetic slate so it'll look just like real slate but uh the uh a little easier to work with. I think it'll look really cool. But every day I look at that thing, it's it's a kind of kind of well of pride. I didn't actually do any of the work to to get it done, but <laughs> I love the fact that it's there. I love the fact that uh, Maker Community made that happen. It's beautiful. Well, you, you say you didn't do any work. Credit. You put a lot of hard work. Yeah, you put a lot of hard oh, work yeah. into getting all those people together. Yeah, yeah. And as oh. as a as a timber frame ages, it's going to look that much better. I think that'll. Yeah, I can't wait to see what it looks like in 10, 15 years. Yeah, definitely. It's probably going to look just like it does right now. Well, I think it'll weather a little bit. (laughs) Are you going to enclose it, or is it just going to be like a pavilion? No, we're going to leave it it just like a a kind of shade pavilion, leave them open-sided. But uh, the the bridge we're planning on doing, I think, is going to be really cool. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the water wheel that's like right across the pond from uh, the timber frame. It's right in behind there, isn't it? Yeah, isn't uh, that right a, where your camp was, Chad? I was by a river, so I think so. I was right on the like the where the yeah, the road I think you're on the other side of all that. Oh, okay, so I was super close to it, but I don't yeah, think but, I specifically saw it. Uh, well, there, there's a bridge there. We're going to be uh, redoing all all timber framed. We I still have to talk uh, talk details over with Justin. We haven't really talked about it too much, but um, that, that's really exciting. That that bridge has been there for as long as I can remember, but it, it, in recent years, it's kind of starting to uh, decay and. Uh, I, I'm definitely looking forward to ma- having the maker community help uh, help out and uh, make something make something like that that timber frame like uh, it's it's beautiful. This bridge is gonna be it nuts. Is. I get excited about this stuff. <laughs> I like how <laughs> yeah, you, you well. did the timber frame to build something that's uh, uh, permanent for the Blackthorn, and now this year you're, you're doing the Group Forge, which will be a mm-hmm. permanent structure. Is it permanent? Semi permanent? It'll move. Uh, we're going to make it so fixture. it's so it's portable. We're going to make it portable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it'll be a fixture of the Blackthorn. This oh yeah, new fire yeah. pit that you're building. Mm-hmm. You know, now you got a bridge going. So every year there's going to be pretty soon the whole place is going to be revamped by the makers that go there. That that's our plan. You know, like, when Jim and I first started talking about this, we uh we really wanted we we saw, we both saw a lot of potential in the town of East Durham like uh East Durham used to be a huge huge tourist attraction like the when when my when my dad owned the go-kart track he would be open till 2 3 in the morning just people nonstop wow. walk walking through the town it was a totally totally different world so i grew up always hearing about that and i i've always wanted to bring it back and like i i think i think the maker community is the perfect community like Jim and I kind of want to make East Durham the, the, the mecca of the maker community. And I, th- I think with the events that he's doing, the events that I'm doing, and just him being Jimmy DeResta, I, I, think, uh, <laughs> I think there's a lot of potential in it. And I think that like, the community all taking part of building like, one common thing and like, having it in a common place where they can all go to enjoy these things, I, I think it's a good thing for the community. Absolutely. Yeah, all that's good, that's all my good people, all good vibes. I can definitely see all that happening for sure. And Maker Mecca just has such a good ring to it. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Chad won't ask, but he wants to ask. I've heard third, I guess third hand, the you meeting Jimmy situation. 
When mm-hmm. did you actually find out he lived in your town? The day I met him. Oh, actually, no, 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 no. It was it was a couple days before that. Um, one of so you guys know the story of how I met Jim. He walked into the go kart track and it's like we you, know, but maybe tell him yeah, for yeah. the okay. So maybe basic, tell him for the listeners. Basically, um, I was running my family's go kart track at the time, and Jim's shop happened to be across the street. I didn't know that, um, but one of one of my employees at the speedway said that uh, she she was had uh, done a, a photo shoot or, or something with her horses and th- this famous guy's girlfriend. I was like, Oh, who is guy? I, I don't know. His name's like Jimmy Duresta. I was like, Jimmy Duresta. Really? Like he, he's, he's a re- like, he knows he's Durham. Like what? So a couple days after that, I didn't really put much thought into it, but there was a car accident right across from uh, right on the road, right in front of the speedway and right in front of a uh, gym shop. So telephone pole out, out, all of our power goes out now this is a this is a go-kart track and ice cream place so no free no electric means no freezers no freezers all the ice cream is melting so i'm i'm running back and forth between the resort and the speedway just carting ice cream back to put in the, our freezers there so i finally finish up I'm tired I'm, I'm just sitting at the counter i'm drinking a soda and jimmy deresta comes walking across the street walks into this into the snack bar grabs a soda and goes to pay for it i'm just like oh like you're, you're Jimmy Duresta. He's like, yeah, what's up, man? And he said, yeah, I'll stop, stop by the shop. Uh, whenever you see the, the black truck over there, I'm, I'm there. And uh, yeah, I, I, I stopped by once and realized that he, he didn't actually, like he actually meant that I could stop by whenever I wanted. And I was stopping by all the time. And I told him my idea. And uh, <laughs> yeah, that's how I met Jim. That's awesome. So if that car accident never happened, there would be no maker camp possibly. Very well could be no maker camp. Wow. So the, everyone was okay in the car accident. Yeah, yeah. I think the woman was just totally wasted. I think she I think she was okay. too drunk to actually like be injured. So then yeah, then I'm okay for the accident being the impetus <laughs> for all of this to happen. Yeah, she was fine. She was fine. Very cool. And the, That's and a the cool story. Made it. But you but you had no most of the ice cream made it. Oh yeah, yeah. I wasn't like I I wasn't crazy like I didn't realize at that time that there was a community of people on Instagram. I thought of I thought of like Instagram as a bunch of like individual accounts. Like like I said I was following like Jesse I wasn't even following Jimmy Duresta to be honest, but I knew who he was, but I was just following a couple of like blacksmiths that I I liked their work and like I was trying to kind of mimic my work after them. Like I didn't realize that it was such a tight-knit community of people. So meeting Jim, he kind of kind of put me onto that, and it's it's been incredible since. That is amazing. It's a funny story, though. Yeah. 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 Yep. I think. Come Keith on, Chad. Sneezed. I know you're jumping at the bit to ask these questions. <laughs> well, we didn't. I know finish you got the, plenty of questions. You know, I always like to talk about food. We didn't finish the restaurants. You said there were three, so we got Angels, and we have the Black Thorn. Black Thorn, and Hall. the other one. You guys know the other one, the, the famous Milk Run. Oh yes. <laughs> So yeah, so we are including the gas station. <laughs> it's a it, it, there's stop. a restaurant in there. There's a restaurant in there. It's a local it landmark. The, I do have to say it wasn't the same this year because you couldn't eat at the bar. Yeah, we had to go outside to the tent. Now the portion size, the breakfast portion size was amazing. Mm-hmm. I I had enough breakfast to last me a whole week, but uh, I miss getting to hear the chatter inside the. There the gas is station. one I, other place in the town of Durham. It's in, technically in Oak Hill, but it's kind of close to Jim's house. It is. It's actually one of my favorite restaurants in the world. Um, it's called the Yellow Deli. 
Yellow Deli. I'm writing yeah. this down. So it's it's um it's owned by this organization called the Twelve Tribes. I will let you do your research on them and form your own opinions. Mm-hmm. Lovely people. They did a they uh they um I don't know if you guys know this, but Blackthorn, the the main building, burned down in 2010. So uh, the the building that's there now is is brand new. But um the Twelve Tribes are there. I think they might be the Mennonites, or I'm I'm not entirely sure, but they're they're all very very skilled uh, skilled craftsmen. So that they um they charged us for the materials and then did all of the finished carpentry in our in our building for free because our old building wow. burned down and they wanted to help out. So the great people, their food is absolutely incredible. Uh, the restaurant, it, 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 as a, as a maker, you'll you'll just love like walking into the place. Like it's all it, everything is all like traditionally done it's um it's all uh like live edge like branches and stuff coming out of i can't even describe it but it's gorgeous i would recommend that place over over any place in the town of durham no offense this is angels this is the golden from. nugget right here i'm yep. definitely i don't know why i didn't think of that probably. first i think the whc <laughs> boys are going there this maker <laughs> camp absolutely yeah definitely a good spot get the waffle get the waffle get the write waffle. that down chad I'm getting it right now. It's on the notes. With the fruit. You need the fruit on it. The fruit. It'll change your so life. So, Chad, what, what's funny is Tony and I were doing stuff, and and Chad was leaving, and and, and Tony and I asked him to get us milkshakes at the Milk Run because we had heard they were good. And that was in October. We're still waiting for our milkshakes from the Milk Run. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't so, even realize yeah. they did milkshakes at the Milk Run. It could be a joke. But people told us we were working the swap table and and Chad and his wife come over and they were going to run out and get lunch. And they asked if we wanted to go. We did. I didn't want to leave, but I asked them to get me a milk, uh, a milkshake from the milk run because I'd heard they were good. Huh. If that's an inside joke, then I, 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 I'm making a fool of myself right I'll now. I'll do some I'll but. do some digging and I'll let you know, Keith. Yeah. <laughs> well, Chad's supposed to bring it to me. So I'm still waiting for Chad to bring it to me. I'll get your milkshake for you. We got a few months. So, um, obviously, the first maker camp was, you know, the Woodstock uh, uh, makers, and and now people are flocking to it after the mm-hmm. 2020 virtual one, and then 2021 success that it was. Yeah. What are your future plans? Like, what are you changing anything? Are you just going to leave it and let the people? Have the vibe um, changed? So, and- so I haven't really, uh, I haven't really done much as far as like the schedule of the show goes right now. I'm kind of just refining like the the business aspects of it to help me help me run it a little more efficiently, a little more smoothly. So I'm going to be changing a couple things on the, uh, I guess, administrative end. Um, I I've, I do have a, I have been talking to uh, a bunch of uh, very talented woodworkers. I'm not going to disclose any information quite yet, but uh, we're, I'm going to have a more, have a more heavily uh, focused on uh, woodworking this year. Uh, still going to have all of the, the blacksmithing and uh, knife making stuff that we had uh, last year. Um, I'm talking to some guys from Forge and Fire that want to demonstrate, so um, we might have a like a, a running Forge and Fire esque demonstration going on. Um, uh, we um, let me think what else we got going on. Obviously the, the timber frame um, with Justin going to be very cool. Uh, still have to talk to um, Michael Alm and uh, Wesley treat and all, all of them about the next maker burn. But uh, as after, after last year, I, I definitely think that's something we want to do again. 
Um, I'm going to be honest with you about the maker burn, you know, bonfire or whatever. I see the structure going up and the whole time I'm like, eh. the minute they lit, it was phenomenal. Everyone got in the circle. They, they could burned. not have pulled that <laughs> off any better. Burned perfectly. It was so yeah. much fun. I'm like, it's just a fire. What, how is it that cool? But it was. Uh, they could have done that so 10 more times and it would not have, it would not have gone that well. It was perfect. No, no it went perfect. So yep. props to Mike Alm and who was the other guy who did it? Michael Alm, Wesley, Wesley Tree, and uh, Johnny Trambucus. That's I might the one be, I, don't know, yeah. I might be messing up that name. I'm sorry if I am. No, I think but, it was right on. Oh, right on. But yeah. So, yeah there's that. Cool. Um, going to be expanding a little bit. I think I'm going to go uh, get a more have have a uh, more of a like a vendor expo. Have a uh, more more places for people to buy things and whatnot. Hopefully, get more uh, craftsmen who are selling stuff. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've got a hundred acres to spread out over, so. Every year, I just want to keep adding stuff. Um, I think I'm going to put uh, a cap on the attendance for, for next year so I can keep it growing incrementally before I don't want to, I don't want to flatter myself. But I also don't want to let it get too, too much in one year and uh, kind of water down what I have there for the amount of people I was expecting, if that makes sense. Well, we talked a few times leading up to it, and we knew it was going to be much bigger just from the buzz going yeah. on. and. I know Tony and I talked extensively about it. Chad, Chad would, he would chime in every now and then, but I was afraid the vibe would change. And Chad kept saying, no, it's going to be the same. It's going to be th- the whole time. And Tony was like, maybe it would, but it didn't. You kept the vibe because you spread everything out. So mm-hmm. even though you doubled or tripled your attendance, it felt the same crowd the entire time. Everyone was yeah. spread out. Yeah. And I still so have, I have, I have a couple of phases in mind that, uh, I'm going to be spreading out incrementally according to those phases. But uh, my, my plan is definitely I, I never want the event to get too cookie cutter or commercial. You know, I, I want to keep the kind of backwoods uh, grassroots vibe. You know, I think that's that's kind of our, our selling point. What make what makes it because I, I can't I can't compete with a lot of other maker events as far as how well they're organized or how much funding is put into them. So I, I've got to compete with something a little more uh, intrinsic, I guess. And uh, that that's the, the weird maker camp vibe. I don't think they're on the same level as Maker Camp. I haven't been to all of them, but Maker Camp's a special vibe in itself. It's the, yeah, it certainly is. So. Certainly is. Mm. Yeah, the the vibe at uh, Maker Camp is definitely my style. If it came down to me choosing between Workbench Con or Maker Camp, I'm going to Maker Camp a hundred times over. I kind of I was I think Keith and I were talking about it a little bit the other day. Like Workbench Con is is a great event. I feel like it's more so directed towards the content creator, whereas right. Maker right. Camp is an event yeah, oh yeah. for the maker. You know, it's so they're, they're definitely different, but I, I definitely do look up to them as far as uh, how, how well they're organized. Um, I, I, I'm not I'm not nearly as organized and I can only strive to to do so. But yeah, they're, it's, it's, it's if you're if you're interested in like cr- creating content and marketing your content to the people you want to see it, WorkbenchCon is, is a great event to go to. Yeah, the thing I, the thing I like about your event is like you can have the little guy right next to some of the biggest in in this genre or whatever you want to call it, um, and it's just like you're hanging out with your buddies. Mm-hmm. Like it's that's what I like about it. Yeah, I'm uh, definitely want definitely want to keep that vibe going. Like I, I remember, like uh, most people haven't heard of uh, Silas, uh, the, the knife maker I had there, Silas Blacklow, Tiny Town Forge. 
that is one of the most talented individuals I've ever met. He's like infinitely talented than some people I've met that have 30, 40, 50,000 followers. So like, I, I also kind of see Maker Camp as an opportunity to kind of showcase some of, some of the lesser known talents. Like obviously I, I need to t- keep some big names involved to, ha- to help draw people and uh, generate value. But I, I, I've been, I've enjoyed watching Sil- like he, Silas has been coming since I think the first hammer in and every time he comes, you, you see him just get a little more comfortable and a little more sociable and really like showcasing his skills in front of everybody. It's been a really cool thing to see. Hoping to, to keep doing that with, with future makers too. One thing you hear all the time is makers are introverts, you know? Yep. Some of them are introverted extroverts or extroverted introverts or however the phrase goes, but generally they're all introverts, right? Mm-hmm. And then at maker camp, it always feels like the first day you could tell everyone's still a little introverted, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, how are you? Oh, that's who you are. You know, everyone's all pleasantry, you know? And it's kind of stale. And then the second day, it loosens up a little bit. And the third day, it's just like everyone's been friends for years. Yeah. It's like that type of – that type, of, and it's every year. But like like this past year, we knew – like the, the three of us went. We had our core group of people and the other people we met through Maker Camp the prior time. So mm-hmm. like it's gr- – it, it's like it's different. It's, it's a different vibe. Yeah. So a lot of people who are afraid to come should come anyway because – there's no, uh, there's nothing scary about meeting other makers. Yeah, like like me personally, you can probably tell I'm a bit of an introvert myself. I don't even don't even know how to do uh, video chats and stuff. But um, when when I do when I do the maker events, my my parents are my parents love it because they actually I'm actually like I'm out talking to everybody. I'm super interested in what's going. Like it it, it brings me out of my shell being around all these like minded people because as a as a 25 year old, and I've been doing this since I was 19 years old, it's been hard for me to find people like my age that are interested or even, even people in general that are interested in the things that I'm interested in. But maker camp, it's like, it's almost, it's almost overloaded. Like I can talk to anybody there about the, the things that like I'm working on in the shop and I can have a great conversation about it. And it's, uh, I, I love it. It's one of my favorite parts about doing the show. It is interesting. It's hard. It's hard to get your it's hard to get your ear. I know I had a couple of questions run on the swap, <laughs> and uh, and you were always bouncing around place to place. I don't even know how you concentrate all weekend. Yeah, I I don't. That, that's the problem. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I'm, well, I'm working on that too. Lindsay there, who was yeah, I had Lindsay. I was, I was supposed help. to have Lindsay and um my my old roommate from college. I think I think you actually met Angelo um during the the hammer and he he was taking the pictures. Hammering, yeah. And uh, yeah, he was yeah. supposed to come out and uh, and help me, but he ended up uh, he ended up not feeling good, and with the way COVID is and stuff, he didn't want want to risk coming out. So I was supposed to have another assistant. So hopefully, hopefully next year I'll have that licked, and I'll actually be able to uh, be more accessible. But having Lindsay there was a huge help. That girl was all over the place. Yeah, yeah you she needed something. She was right on mm-hmm. top. Of it. Amazing. I remember at one point I, I called her and she's like, I, I, I can't right now. I'm, I'm on my way to Albany Steel to pick up steel. I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> you, you just, just without even saying anything. It was, uh, yeah, it was a little, uh, felt a little spoiled. <laughs> Normally it's me running around for all those, those errands on those weekends, but yeah, it was nice. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know about the other, I don't know if you consider me, what, what do you call the people who are there? But me running the little table I was at. I felt like she was always, do you need anything? No. And then like 30 minutes later, she made a round. You need anything? She was always checking on you. Mm-hmm. So it was nice. Yep. 
This is another thing I'm going to work on for next year is ha- having more staff in general. I, with the bigger the show gets, I, I want to have a, uh, I'm going to get shirts made that say safety police and just have a, uh, People that their yeah. sole their sole job is like if any, anybody in a tent, you got to have eye eyeglasses on. Um, making sure that all of like I'm gonna have eye wash stations, making sure that every, all, everything is uh, everything is up to snuff. But the, we've we've been we've been very lucky, but the more the more people you get in a concentrated area doing potentially dangerous things, you never know. Uh, we had yeah. we had we had EMTs this past year, but I definitely like to have more of a presence. Just people making sure that everybody's doing the right thing. Yeah some first aid kits prominently displayed everywhere mm-hmm. well i had i had first aid kits everywhere they just weren't necessarily prominently displayed which is a is a definitely a hindsight's 2020 you know uh, d- don't don't worry about the blacksmith tent bob menard had us covered <laughs> yeah <laughs> he was at everybody if you got it if, if you were in by the forges he he was on you about, about i think I everyone's pretty much that. on everyone yeah know? that's what i got him there it's for one of the, it's one of those places yeah. no rules is all rules man yeah <laughs> <laughs> my, my dad's fa- same as, famous saying is uh we don't have any rules but if you break one we'll let you know yeah yeah <laughs> it's worked out well for us so far i'm just amazed at how late you let us go in the blacksmith tent all that stuff like it's just uh, i mean there, there's no uh there's no noise ordinance in the in the town of east durham so as far as that that that's not a problem for us um there's all, I, and I know that there's always somebody trustworthy there watching the forges. Like at, at a certain time, normally somebody says, "All right, it's time to time to shut the forges down," and it it all works out well. That's the other good thing about this this crowd. Like it's not like I'm doing a maker event and marketing it towards people that just want to come and and look at cool things for a day. I'm marketing it towards people that are actually responsible craftsmen that that know the the way that things need to be done. Like it's it's not a for how stressful of a weekend it could be, it's not nearly as stressful. As, as, you know what I mean? Just because there's, I, I trust, I trust a lot of the people that I that I have uh, have around that weekend, as far as safety goes. What are some things that you guys would like to see at Maker Camps in the future? I'm asking the questions now. <laughs> Here we go. Tables are turned. <laughs> well, tables are we, turned. I've talked with Keith a little I, bit. About I was not prepared for this. I got it's not you. in my notes. I'll start you off. <laughs> I've talked with Keith about it. One of my favorite things was the uh, the Maker Swap event. Just um, getting to see what people made and bring, and kind of seeing what their background was, because a lot of people didn't have their tools at the event there. Um, but seeing that maybe expanded out a little bit more. Uh, I know this past year we we kind of bagged things up and kept it at that small table, but I'm hoping. Maybe next year we can expand a little bit more, maybe display the pieces with people's names and everything like that. So really getting to see those things was probably my favorite part. Yeah, the, the Maker Swap was awesome. Uh, Keith and I were talking about it. We were saying how we thought it would be like 10, 20 people doing it. But how many entries did you end up getting by the end of it, Keith? I think 102. Yeah, that's incredible. I think that's what probably yeah. probably the best way that anybody's ever thought of of connecting makers, you know, like to get two people that make totally different things in totally different areas of, of makery. And next thing you know, like they're probably going to be friends for life because they, they, they swapped objects at this, at this event, you know, it's, yeah, it was a very cool it, idea. It, I, I mean, soon I got a lot of good feedback at the table. Mm-hmm. A lot of people loved it. A oh, that was only the like, first year. To- imagine, imagine next year, how many entries you're going to get. It's going to be unreal. All the people that were jealous of, uh, that, that they didn't uh, they didn't make something and get something cool for it. I think you're, I think it's everybody's going to do it. Yeah. So, 
I think it's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be almost too much. So, but it'll be good. You know, it's yeah. one way for somebody to bring, like, there's only so many things you can actually do at maker camp, right? Mm-hmm. There's a finite amount of things you could do there. But if you're making something to bring there to show off what you can do in your making skills and show off mm-hmm. your skills, which was the point of it, show off what you can do. If people can do their own thing at home and bring it to them to maker camp and be like, this is what I make. You have a chance to go home with it. How cool is that? You know, yeah, it's pretty wild. Yep. Great yeah, addition to the show. Epoxy, plastic, everything, you name it. Somebody mm-hmm. did it. You know, electronics. It was uh, one of my wild. favorites was a uh, Matt Stagmer screwdriver. The Damascus oh, screwdriver. Yeah, the Damascus yeah, we talked screwdriver. about that. Yeah, that was pretty it was beautiful. Yeah. That was so cool. There was a lot of favorites I had. Uh, it's hard to, it's hard to put it all into one thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I had, uh, I had made something for it. Just a, just a, a small blacksmith knife, and I, I totally lost it before, before the event. So I, I was one of those people who, uh, <laughs> who's cursing themselves out, you know. But yeah, that's a shame. Next year, next year, it'll be a good time. So let's hear some other maker camp ideas. You guys aren't off the hook that easy. <laughs> so I've said it before. Uh, as a woodworker, I'm not a blacksmith. Uh, the only mm-hmm. time I ever blacksmith is at your resort. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I would like to do some more woodworking. Okay, some woodworking. woodworking is kind of hard because we're it's like, very I, hard. Because I, <laughs> it's I can't, very hard. Well, because. Like, I can't be trusting everybody with the table saw. Bandsaw nope. is questionable at best. So yep. like, I'm I'm kind of limited to just like the the hand tools, you know, like the stuff that tracing well, and Katrina do. Chisels are the worst. I, yeah. I mean, I personally love hand tools, but uh, I, I do too. When you, but when you, you say to, when you say you want you more woodworking, when you say you want more woodworking, it's impo- oh. it's all it's virtually impossible. <laughs> So, 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 so I'm putting it on you. Well, there will be more woodworking demonstrations going on. Hands-on working, woodworking is yeah. a little, is a little harder, which is kind of odd. You wouldn't at first, at first glance, you wouldn't think that that blacksmithing with two thousand degrees steel would be more practical to let beginners do than woodworking. But now that I actually think about it, yeah, <laughs> well, a burn. I mean, a burn can be bad, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. When you cut your finger off, it's definitely bad. So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's definitely valid. Definitely valid. We'll figure something out. Maybe yeah. maybe I'll get sponsored by Sawstop or something and people can <laughs> people can go nuts. I'd I'd be interested to ask um it's Nick, right? From he does the wood turning yep. with the pens. So he's a shop teacher, I believe. I think it'd be yeah, cool to maybe fireman. pick his brain about the woodworking because because he knows oh, yeah. how to do it in a safe way in a classroom setting. Yeah. Because again, call. I'm right there with you, Austin. Me being in my wood shop, thinking about uh, like hundreds of people walking through it. I'm thinking how many fingers are going to get sliced off when they walk through here. Yeah. But I think Nick would probably have some some smart ideas and things that we could maybe include. Yeah. But I think you guys, oh, you guys are doing a good job you, so far. You have to work each student up to the level of using the next tool. In a demo yeah. situation like that uh in a demo situation like what at maker camp you don't have that time to train people in that in that pathway yeah so i i think you pretty much have to have projects yeah yeah i think it would have to be something like pre-cut something maybe just a demo is the way to go yeah that's what the woodworkers i was talking to we're at we're actually talking about getting an, an isolated electric panel that we can we can lock we can turn off and lock 
So that, that way everything is completely powered down. Like nobody can in the middle of the night decide they want to try to make a Jimmy Duresta bandsaw sculpture, you know, and, and turn it, turn things on. <laughs> you know, everything will be locked up and off. And that's one of the hard things about doing the event outdoors in a field. There's only, there's only so much, uh, security I can, I can provide. I have, I have a night watchman and all that, but you never know if somebody tries to flick a switch and do their thing. But it's 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 a learning experience. You know, every year, as as the event gets bigger, it, it evolves. Like everything, everything changes every year as far as the way the event goes and how many people come. I mean, the difference between getting five hundred people and six hundred people is huge on on like the administrative end. Like as far as food and uh, find finding finding rooms. Like this past year, I rented out. Um, I ended up buying out all the hotel rooms of the hotel next door. Next year, I'm I'm already looking into buying out the hotel rooms of of the next two hotels uh, in, in in the town. So, it's every every year it's a, a learning experience. It's a evolving animal, if you will. It's a hustle. No, it's definitely <laughs> a hustle. Just bring a tent. That's that's all you got to tell people. It's, yeah, it's it's Woodstock for makers. Bring a tent. Worst case scenario, just right bring a tent. We've uh, actually, yeah. if you think about it, the past three maker camps, we've been totally blessed with the weather. October is never as nice as it is maker camp weekend. I think this past year we yeah. were like 65 and sunny. Yeah. The first year was nice because it was a little chill. So yeah. you could wear a sweatshirt while you're blacksmithing. Mm-hmm. And then I, I didn't go for the skip year. Mm. Uh, yeah, skip, skip year we had good weather. Was warm. Yeah, it was hot that year. Yeah. It was hot in Jersey. I don't know what it was up by you. Hopefully, uh, hopefully I can keep that going. I don't have much control over that, though, unfortunately. <laughs> no. Have you considered inviting food trucks maybe one of the days of the yep. weekend, or is that I'm, something that can be done? I'm thinking about doing that next year. So r- right now, I'm, I'm kind of low man on the totem pole as far as uh, those decisions go. Like, we, we, we serve food. So obviously my parents want to be the, the people that sell food. Um, oh, I understand. I, me personally, I, I think to, cause a lot of, a lot of people just aren't going to eat like burgers, hot dogs and, and bar food. People like, especially, especially makers, like pe- people have pretty, uh, I don't, I don't know if they have pickier diets than, than, than bar food. Like they don't want to eat anything greasy and, and it's totally understandable. And, uh, mm-hmm. I, I would like to just to, to enhance the quality of the event, get a, get a couple of healthy option food trucks, you know, things that don't really compete with the food that we sell. So oh. that, that, that's a battle I'm currently fighting with, with, with the family, you know, still, still <laughs> got to, uh, not running the place yet. Still got to take some orders here and there. I understand. Or maybe just a, f- a coffee cart or something like that. I was, <laughs> supposed was, to, I was supposed to have a coffee cart, um, this past year, but the, the week before the, the guy, the guy messaged me and was like, yeah, we have to, we, we, we aren't going to be able to make it. Something, something came up. So like oh, okay yeah so I I tried but next year uh, next year I'm definitely um, the first year I, I actually had a coffee sponsor I think I'm gonna look into getting another coffee sponsor for for next year and having awesome twenty four seven coffee people can blacksmith twenty four yes. hours a day <laughs> more caffeine more making well there you go Dave Dave France definitely tried <laughs> he was out there till three or four in the morning yeah most days. well me and Dave closed it down s- on Saturday night. At well, Sunday morning at four thirty, we shut down the the oh, wow. the blacksmith tent. It was not good. Yeah, I, as part of the part of the bad thing about doing these events is I can never stay up as late as everybody. Like I, 
by by 11 30 12 o'clock i am a zombie but that's just when the party's getting going i know i know everybody <laughs> tells me how awesome the night before was i was like yeah it sounds awesome guys but <laughs> i was sleeping yeah that's me. It's a little different I'm with right your there stress with you. level. Yeah, I, I missed the uh, the after party in the old taxi shed this past year. I saw, I saw a lot of pictures from that. I don't know if you guys were there. No, uh, a bunch of we have, we have an old taxi car uh, taxi shed that we use as a martini bar, and uh, I guess I guess a couple of bottles of vodka were were, were in there at the beginning of the night. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, so they had like a good time. time. They had a good time. Definitely, people definitely let loose it. it at maker camp in a good way yeah in a good way yep that was, that was another in cool thing life. like seeing seeing all these these people like during the day like before uh before the malort kicked in and then uh <laughs> seeing them at night why <laughs> why would you even did you guys have any of that no no, no, no. I, i'm not dumb <laughs> Come on. I, ma- I managed to get away without trying it too yeah that's uh oh the, craig the taste of vomit just doesn't I don't- <laughs> it's an herbal liqueur, Keith. Yeah. Okay, sure, sure. <laughs> I I drank enough stupid liquors when I played rugby. I don't need to do it when I'm in my in my well yeah. in my forties now. I guess there you go. Yeah, I made it through my twenties and thirties. I don't I don't need to do that anymore. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm surprised Craig. you made it through, uh, Austin. Well, see, I made a promise to Craig at the beginning of the weekend that I wouldn't try it, and. I just, I I didn't want to break that promise to him, you know, and he understood. He tried. He even left a bottle there for me. And you still haven't tried it? Nope. I left it right on the table. He left it on. (laughs) It's amazing stuff. That's the, but I do want to thank our sponsor, Sabretooth for this episode. If they, uh, if you want any power carving tools, you can reach out to Sabretooth at Sabretooth.com. Use code WH for 10% off. And they reached out. They are going to help sponsor a prize in the Make What You Fear Challenge. So if you're participating in Make What You Fear, you have a chance to win some Sabretooth. But if you don't win it, or even before you do, if you want a power card for the competition, WH is the code. And since I mentioned Make What You Fear, you guys want to talk about Make What You Fear? Sure. Yes. Have you guys been following along the hashtag? Well, Did you see the latest entry that came in last night from Brian Drennan? I have yeah, no idea. I have I no idea what he's it. making. It's technical pieces. It looks like Arduino, but it's from Elegoo, which I know they make 3D printers, but the parts that I'm seeing there, I don't think are for a 3D printer. I think he's programming something. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm in the dark on it right now, but I probably out of the three of uh, the four of us, I think I have the best guess on what he's doing. He's programming something with Arduino. Yeah, it's it's beyond me. I have no idea what he's doing, but that should be fun. I but, have a few um, secret weapons in my back pocket for my entry for the Make What You Fear Challenge against you two, Tony and Keith. We're we're competing the three of us against each other, and oh, the, nice. uh, the community will be voting on their favorite. And I have a few members from the community who are willing to send me materials to use on my piece. And oh. I think you guys I don't even are have an trouble. idea for my piece yet. I'm in big trouble. I'm going to be honest. I don't have an idea what I'm doing yet, but the fact that I have some materials maybe on the way is making it a little bit easier. We know Tony's doing something in wood. I don't even know what material I'm going to use, so I don't even have a project yet. 
So is it uh, is a challenge to use a material you don't use, usually use or to use techniques you don't normally use or, or both? So this one's more of materials. I mean, techniques, it's totally up to you if it's a, if like if you're a blacksmith so, like myself, like if there's something that you would do normally blacksmithing that you could do in another medium, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's that the idea is just to try a different medium than than what you're used to. Gotcha. So I've had a few questions from a few people who are uh what we call renaissance men who work in a little bit of everything. So I told them just challenge yourself, you know? If it's a, a medium you've worked in but you haven't you wouldn't consider yourself proficient in it, go for it. You know, challenge yourself in what you're doing. But if I could see that they do a lot of blacksmithing and they do a blacksmithing project, probably it's probably not going to work. <laughs> you know, challenge yourself. Solid. Something like that. But we did get a bunch of prizes, so we want to announce some prizes today. We have prizes from, as I mentioned, Sabretooth. We got prizes from Total Boat. They're going to send us something give out vesting finishes it's a hard wax oil and real good the waffle beaver himself bryce is going to give some notebooks to give away o'keefe's is joined maritime knife supply maritime knife supply is given a gift card yep he's uh he's decided to give give us a hundred dollar gift card which is very we appreciate and um, i'm going to be giving a a weekend pass for maker camp as one of the prizes too right keith yeah that's fantastic Oh, that's that's incredible! Thank you, Austin. It's awesome. We chatted the other day, and he's like, "I want to offer it up." So, yep. The Thank stakes you. for the challenge just got a little bit higher. <laughs> the stakes did get a little higher. Yeah, there we go. Yes, sir. So you could be getting a free pass for the weekend, especially right? considering I'm going to have a cutoff this year too. So these are these are in limited supply. Oh yeah, I didn't even think of that. Mm-hmm. So if you've ever wanted to come and couldn't come because you couldn't afford it, here's your chance. Make something with a material you don't normally make with. Make what you fear. Use the hashtag. Hit us up and try and win a pass. It's very gracious of you, Austin. We thank you very much. My pleasure. At this time, it would be a perfect moment to look to the people who have been supporting our podcast. And again, the continued support throughout all this time. We thank you all so very, very much. Tony, why don't you read out that list? And remember, it's not Danielle, it's Danelle. <laughs> yeah, this is this is the moment in the show where I prove I can't read. <laughs> okay, so let's go through the list here. We got Annette of Five One Three Woodworks. We have Hot Iron Metalworks, Lawrence of maritime nice supply.com uncle sam metalworks too many mistakes green tree green street green tree green street <laughs> joinery i gotta screw one up <laughs> uh artigino sorio full steam design by chris powell lillian archer photography david beckwith makes nb wood finery and our top supporters eSpoke studios and Danelle Smith Christian. Did I get it right? <laughs> and also, too, this week we have uh, Christy from Twisted Twine has decided to uh, bump up to our top level. Thank um, you, Christy. Yeah. So thank you, everyone. We appreciate it. So 
Looking forward to it. Uh, at this time, we're going to head on over to the after show. So if you want to find Austin, you can find him at the Catskill Mountain Makers Camp on Instagram. I think that's the only social media you have for it, right? Yep. Yeah, and if you don't know what it is, definitely look it up. You've heard us talk about it enough. You should know by now. If you want to find Chad, he's across all your socials at Chad's Custom Creations. Tony's at Woodland Iron. I'm at Blackthorn Concepts. You can find the collective three of us at Working Hands Podcast on Gmail or Instagram. With that, let's head on over to the after show, boys. See you there. Later.